Data storytellers. Today, I'm here with Samali Mayenpa, who is the Chief Data Officer over at OP Financial Group in Finland, uh, a, a company and an individual doing some really interesting stuff with their their uh, their data branding and and also their, their data program in general. Thanks for coming on the show, Samali. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. In a few words, just tell us a bit about yourself, your background, your your journey yeah. to becoming the CDO. Yeah, so um, my background is pretty much in development. So, so I, I started as a developer and I started sort of the basic route, basic, started to do some project management and, and then then architecture. I, I went from there to be an enterprise architect and chief enterprise architect. And sort of, I think I, I, I sort of climbed through the normal, normal route. And, and after being some time as a chief EA, I was asked to be a CIO of, of an area in, in a big bank uh, in, in the Nordics called Nordia. And, and, and I think that was the time pretty much because, I, because the area that I was, I was CIO for, that was the, the area of payments and, and, and kind of accounts, e-commerce payments, innovation development as well. Where we did like PSP payment service provider kind of kind of work and so on. So so a lot of things that that are actually quite data intensive in its in in, in its end. And and at the same time, I was actually founding a couple of startups, and one of them was sort of platform economy based uh, startup, uh, sort of new work, uh, new type of work. Uh, released on on a platform where you can sort of get employment and we we basically on that platform handle all things related to employment again a lot of data created from that process pretty much so 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 looking at that that perspective and looking back uh, i started to understand that okay what is the next thing because looking at payments for example i mean it's a commodity i mean is your bank better in providing payments than our bank is, or the next bank is, or the next after that. I mean, it's a commodity, and and most of the banking services accounts. I mean, it's the same. So I started to think about that. Okay, so where does the value added actually come from? I mean, it doesn't come from providing the basic service. Everyone has the same. So so there must be something, and and in that process. I kind of kind of did the deduction that must be data. It must be, because that's the only thing that I can see you can do some value added to the customer on top of these commodity services that everyone has. So, so that, that was sort of uh, why I started to sort of think about it. Maybe, maybe this is something for me in the future. And um and, and that, that's that's sort of how it how it started. And 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 I, I even even sort of uh, Kind of thought it from the strategic perspective in a way that I mean digital everything in financial services is digital. We don't have a transaction. We don't have a customer who is not digital. I mean it actually has to be like that because we are regulated. I mean we we have to have everything in a digital form and everything covered and 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 it has been like that for a long time. I mean digitalization started from the 80s and then we had online services from the 90s and then mobile banking you could say from 2010 and and then i was thinking that what's next i mean mobile banking is there i mean what what is the next thing because uh, because I, I i was not that sure that it will be sort of something similar to the like iot for example i didn't see iot maybe doing as big impact as 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 for example data mm. so so going from mobile banking i thought that the next paradigm is data so i wanted to be in that business 
business of data. <laughs> so that, that, that was pretty much the reduction. And that was the, the journey, how I ended up being, being uh, here now in, in OP. I mean, in OP, OP is, uh, I mean, we have 40% market share in Finland for both the banking and insurance. So we, mm. are, we are by far the largest player in, in Finland. Obviously, Finland is not a big country, but in the Finnish society, we, we actually play a major role. And it was also important for me that, that the data asset that we have, I mean, we basically know more about the Finns and the Finnish society than anyone. Maybe the government knows a bit more, but we are the good second, at least, <laughs> after the government. Uh, so so we, we actually have a lot of data. We know what people do. We, we, can, we can use that data to give back to the customers. And we are actually owned by our customers. So we are a kind of co-op. So, mm. so it is very important. It is in our values that we, we want to give back to the customers. And, and that's why I think the data is, uh, is, is, is so relevant here that we, we don't just want to sell more. We want to give services that, that add value in the, in the daily lives of customers. Mm. Super interesting. You mentioned this, this, this journey of data throughout the last 30 years or so. How do you see data analytics today? Yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I think what has happened in the past few years is that data science and kind of advanced analytics and machine learning, it's not anymore something that is seen as mystic, you know? It, 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 I mean, just a few years ago, data scientists were seen like, they are the guys in a dark room, really smart guys. I mean, PhD and, and all that. And, 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 and they, they do magic in a room where no one else goes. And I think that's, uh, that mysticism is, is gone. Data scientists are the guys who are next to the business person, the business developer, uh, the, the, the business leader, and, and, and together, they actually create an environment where they, they, they do value add from the data. Sometimes it is uh, neural networks based algorithm. Sometimes it is something else. Uh, it's, it's a model of this or that. But, but, but the thing is that, that I think data science and, and analytics is, is going to be, and it is closer to the business than it was a few years ago. And, and I think that, that, is, that is really, really important, very good. Fantastic stuff. So you mentioned that the the OP is a big player in Finland specifically, and um, we we spoke about this previously with the uh, the the way that you're changing the perceptions of data both internally and the way you work with customers. Uh, yeah. Can you talk a bit about this this data balance sheet from last year and about how how you, you you're kind of changing those perceptions? Yeah. So so data balance sheet is is kind of a concept that we have invented here in in, in OP, and there are actually few few. Um, companies, stock-listed companies also who have already kind of adapted the same way of reporting kind of to the larger audience what we do. So data balance sheet is, is, is where we communicate internally and externally, also basically to the regulators in a way, even though it's not demanded by the regulators, but, but we still want to promote sort of openness when it comes to what we do with data. So we have uh, we, we are using it in a responsible way. We are using it in a way that it, it, it actually benefits the customer. And, and also we want to sort of take again the mysticism away of of uh, of maybe a person thinking that hmm, are they doing something with the data that I wouldn't want them to do with my data. So we want to open up that what are we actually doing? We want to have use cases there. We have want to have examples that how do we use data? Why do we use data? And how does it benefit you as a customer? So we want, we want sort of openness there. But there is also a, a sort of another side of that. 
because we want the data balance sheet to be actually very similar to, to a balance sheet, the financial balance sheet. So we want to have sort of a similar structure there because that's how I see data. I mean, I mean, we have a huge data asset in OP and if we wouldn't use it, I think that the owner should say that, I mean, why do you have so much, uh, so much money or data in your balance sheet that is unused? Normally when you see a company which has a lot of unused money, the owners say that, yeah, you shouldn't keep it there in your balance sheet. Give it to us as a, uh, and, and we will do something more productive with that if you don't know where to use it. And I think yeah, that it, it is not that far. Uh, the thinking is not that far from that in, in, in the world of data, because I think, I think in, in the world of tomorrow, people are going to start demanding return on their data. Not return on investment only, but return on data. And and kind of kind of they demand better services if they give their data. And they they are kind of they're they're going to be a bit more selective that and and and, and in, in a way I think people are going to be more demanding that they do not even want to give their data their permission, their sort of uh, trust if they don't see any return on it. And that's why I think it is so important to communicate the return. That's why I think it is also important to think it the same way as the normal balance sheet, where you have the assets and liabilities and, 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 and basically make sort of the liability, basically the data that you don't use. It is a liability. If you have a data that you don't use for anything, it just costs money and it is, it is actually a risk. So it is real, real liability. So, so put the data in use, use it for something good, make it, uh, make it an asset. And I think, I think that when you start to think about that in, as, a, as a process, you are discovering new sort of, uh, you are discovering new things that helps, uh, helps uh, us and the customer. Of course, uh, us, when I say that, us being more efficient, because internally also we use a lot of data to get efficiency, automate, uh, automate and, and so on. Mm. So that's, that's, think, that's my thinking there. And just for the the benefits of some of the listeners, can you outline what this this balance sheet actually looks like? Uh, because it, it contains a lot of a lot of a lot of data in terms of it has stuff about data management, data governance, cybersecurity, privacy, analytics, and and all the ways that you're using data. So, firstly, yeah. how, can you just kind of give us an outline of what that looks like? So, so you always kind of start the same way. I mean, the CEO of the group. The CEO of the group, the same way as in the financial balance sheet, the CEO will start the discussion there. He will outline, he or she will outline the, um, the basically the main themes and the things that are so important in, in the last uh, period, which is always the last year, obviously, the same way as in the financial, financial balance sheet. And then, then it's like the CFO's turn and the CFO of data is the chief data officer. Yeah, that's kind of me. And 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 I will I will be every time a bit more in details with the ba basic themes and 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 we have different themes every year so we don't we don't have sort of a, the the same structure exactly the same structure every year we have a bit different themes so of course when talking about the COVID uh, situation we have been addressing that of course. Uh, in the in the for example 2021 cyber security and data protection was 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 very much in 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 the news and very much a focus area so so obviously we we had had things there which we wanted to address and be open about and at the same time the mobile first strategy for example it it, it has affected 
a lot of the the, the data usage and, and and how we how we basically create services and better services for the customers. So so we we have outlined there the use cases, how data creates value for the customers, and and also then the, the kind of data data governance and quality side that that we we need to cater for good quality data and the customers can trust that we actually make sure that 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 their data is well guarded so these kind of things but then then we have a couple things i mean we have obviously uh, the kpis and the kpis are we 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 intend the kpis to be pretty much the same from year after year so we don't want obviously to measure things every every year differently, but we want them to be backwards compatible. So you can you can you can see the difference there, and you can you can sort of uh, look at how things have evolved, and that's that's very important. Mm. Since it is a new thing, we don't have all of that data sort of fully stable, but but I would say ninety five percent is is something that is recurring. And we can actually look at it. For example, how many electronic service agreements do we have for private customers? We we obviously have that that figure there. Uh, we have um, uh, figures on 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 different segments. How many customers do we have? Different types of customers. How many are using different services of ours? How many are using, for example, our our um, um analytical capabilities some of the services we have created we have some data about social media uh, and an op and uh, so on and so on so we we want to have sort of a set of kpis that we can measure every year and we can see progress year after year and sort of see how, how things are going and communicate that so that's that's important and then and also the data balance sheet uh, portion that that is also recurring every year and we 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 do it in a way that that you can you can look at that what are the data capital what are the data assets mm. then then in the balance sheet and what really strikes me about the the balance sheet itself it's uh, it's a great exercise not just in data visualization you know actually painting a picture for for internal and external customers but actually it tells a really great story which is obviously what we're all about here at the the data storytellers you know it's it's it sets it sets a big picture it says like here's what our digital year looked like which i really like the term digital year when what the, what did our what our data year look like and then it kind of outlines the you know what came from that the the, the pitfalls the the best practices and then okay here's what we're going to do later on as well so what are some of the other data stories would you say that you guys are working on within op financial yeah so so right now i mean the most important thing is our new state strategy and i can outline sort of few few highlights from the new date strategy i'm pretty excited on that because i think it, it is it is a game changer i mean honestly we have been doing now data strategy and we have updated a few times and the first one that I did here, I think that was that was definitely something that I would say it was a game changer. But but after that, we did sort of more evolution than revolution, you know. But this this is a revolution, and why is it a revolution? Is that we have we have, we started with not that great central capabilities and capable, data capabilities in general. So 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 I, I think I think in OP we have understood quite some time ago that the. The OP Group business strategy it requires strong, strong data capabilities to be able to actually fulfill our our strategy and mission and goals. So we have understood that yes, and we have also understood that being in control of the the data is very important for for regulatory compliance. So that's that's one one other thing. 
So, so what we want to be is we want to be data-driven. As we call it, we want to be a data company. And, and what that means in, in practice is that, that we need to create, of course, good capabilities on data, but we also need to make sure that we get the value out of data. So it's not only about sort of capabilities, it is about the value of the data. And there are a few things that are important there. And, and first big change is, is the business ownership of data. I mean, right now on paper, the business areas, the business domains, let's say uh, um, basic banking, for example, private retail banking or, or, or sort of corporate lending or, or insurance uh, for, for car insurance or so, so on. I mean, they, they in, on paper, they own their data already now and they have owned their data for a long time, but they have not really had the capabilities to, 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 uh, to, to carry sort of the responsibilities related to that. So on paper, they own the data, but they really look at the centralized capabilities like myself, uh, for example, that, yeah, but those guys, they need to take care of the data for real. We just kind of own it. But, but, but the big, big thing now, and the big thing for the next year, and actually it is, a, it is a long journey because it is like a cultural journey at the same time, is that we build the capabilities within the business domains. So they need to have the capabilities to actually publish the data, to understand who, who is using the data, to index the data, make it, make it sort of uh, so that everyone can find it, uh, create the metadata in a way that they, they describe what data is it, uh, have a structure there and so on. So all these responsibilities that many times are seen as someone, some, some CXO with the data label will do, they need to actually do it. So, so it, it is a big change and it's a big change for a business leader to actually take big responsibility there on top of the existing responsibility of sales and you know, running the existing business and call centers and that kind of thing. So, so it, it is not something that one can take lightly because it's, it's a big, big change. I mean, many times I have the metaphor here that as a centralized capability, as a CDO office, you could say, we offer the library building. We offer the facility. We tap in the uh, electricity. We tap in the water. We tap in the heating. We are making sure that there are enough shelves in the library, but we do not control what are, the books are in the shelves. So, so the business owns their own shelf. They decide what books are there. They decide if the quality of the book is good enough, uh, when should they replace the book? And, and if there is a new novel about, I don't know, um, owner plus customer segment, which is extremely exciting, they decide when it's published, who are using it, and, and, and kind of the whole life cycle of it. And that, that's, that's a big change, because right now, I argue that in most groups, OP included, it is pretty much data warehousing or... or or kind of AI something, or you know, chief data officers office, or what, whatever. Who is kind of doing this? But but business needs to do it, and I think I think this library thinking is something that I'm I'm not pushing forward. Where where we are we are the janitors of the library, and someone else else uh, and, and the business they are they are actually taking care of the content there. Mm. Super interesting. I've got tons of questions on the on the back of that as well. 
firstly, how uh, you mentioned the business needs to do this. How are you going about empowering the business to do it or even letting the business yeah. know that capability exists? Yeah, that's that's a very good question because that that's that that's what we've been working now for the past uh, half a year and 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 a year because because we we have been so the starting up the capability built up. I mean, it's it's competence, of course. I mean, it, it all starts from the competence. So so in different business areas, they have hired people related to data. They have even founded sort of a kind of minor, uh, well, not even minor. I mean, they have founded sort of. Uh, teams or even units uh, related to data so that they can upgrade their capabilities in the business area at least at this point of time they are more centralized maybe later uh, decentralized but 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 we have been building now capabilities in the business areas to to, to, to do this responsibility to, to cover uh, this carry these responsibilities so 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 i think the key to success here has been, I mean, we haven't, we are not done here. We are in the start of this journey. So I can't say that we have succeeded, but I can say that that the key to success of, you could say, step one is that the business leadership, they actually bought this. I mean, they, 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 all of them, I mean, all of them agreed that data is so important that they cannot just outsource the refinement of data and the utilization of, and the data quality to someone else they need to take care of that because it is the same as taking care of their own digital business and that's why that's why i think it, it has not actually been that hard to sell the idea of of them taking care of the data and owning the data because because uh, most of them they understand this and i think if there are someone who doesn't understand this and agree still that person has to say that he agree, he or she agrees because everyone else is seem, seems to do that. So you don't want to be the only one who doesn't understand how important the data is. Because I think the hype of, of AI and the hype of, of, sort of data is so high that I think, I think no one on an executive level dares to say that, yeah, data is not important. I don't need to take care of that at all. I mean, mm. everyone knows that you would look like uh, an ass, really. Yeah, you you would look weird, right? You everyone's yeah. looking at you, you know, in the meeting, like who who is this guy? What what are they doing? I think that ties into what you said earlier about the data revolution versus the data evolution, and the mindset of oh, data is not important. That's kind of a a legacy of the data revolution, and that those those people have kind of uh, they've kind of got on board with the revolution or they're not a part of the revolution right exactly. and now we're in the stage of, of as you mentioned the, the data evolution which is where you talk about building the the, the data function being the the utility of the company you know building the heat yeah. building building the gas building the library you mentioned which i think is a, yeah. is a great analogy as well now i guess the um correct me if i'm wrong but what it sounds like is that the the goal is to leverage the currency of data which is another phrase used earlier which i i really like is is actually people both customers and and and, and employees are realizing that there is this currency in data that, that can be leveraged for business success whether that's empowering uh you know junior leaders to to work with data whether that's yeah. uh, you know breaking down silos or whatever that challenge might be reaching out to key stakeholders and establishing that, those relationships yeah. so when you talk about data as a currency how does that help OP financial leverage that data capability. I think I think uh, you cannot actually get really resources from any company to do a big shift from being so sort of traditional company to be a data driven company if you cannot show the value. 
I mean, all the CXOs on the board, I mean, they are all about business and value. And, and if you cannot show that they get business value, you're done. I mean, you're just done. I mean, you, you, you cannot get resources to do something. But, but and that's why I say that, that many times when you start, for example, your journey with, with data science and you want to sort of get into advanced analytics and machine learning, I mean, many times people ask that, how do you do that? I mean, how, how do you get resources for that? I mean, we actually have a pretty big practice now. Nowadays, we have more than 30 data scientists and we have uh, the same amount of uh, data engineers and, 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 and huge amount of data analysts and so on. Actually, we have in this data knowledge organization, we have 1,100 people working uh, and, and, and many, in many different roles, of course, but, but it just shows the scale and you cannot get that scale if you cannot show the value. And I think, I think uh, you need to have monetary value, but you also need to have sort of uh, the customer experience connected that not, not everything is directly translated into euros. I mean, sometimes you need to, uh, need to also, also um, um, have, uh, sometimes you need to have the kind of non-functional side, like the quality and, and how the customers view it and, and, and NPS, you know, net promoter score. I mean, how happy are they on a service? I mean, for example, with data, you can many times improve the NPS. You might not understand directly how much more euros you get, but you improve the NPS. And I think, I think you, you need different views on it. You need significance. That is another thing in a big company like OP. If you can, if you say that, yeah, if you if we put few hundred thousand on this, we get a return on investment in three years. That's hundred thousand savings per year. That's like uh, people are like, yes, you can do that. Go go somewhere and do that, and tell us when you are done. And they are happy for that, but no no one is interested. And and what we have done, we have actually taken some big cases some big cases to automate, some big cases to create more efficiency, some big cases to increase sales. And we, for example, with one model last year, we improved sales in one business division with 10 million. That's, that, that's, that is something that the business leader of that division understands that 10 million more, more sales through this model. And, and in, in, in total, we are calculating the savings of, in, uh, sorry, the, the benefits of, of uh, you could say, data utilization, process automation, uh, that, that kind of things in, in more than 100 euros in the past years, 100 million euros in the past few years. So, so it, it is significant and it is so significant that every time I talk to the CEO, he's pretty much asking that, uh, could, could we automate more? What could we do to automate more? How can we get more sales? I mean, those cases you have showed before, is there more? because they see it as, as just improving their business. And, and when you get business and the CEO and all, all the guys in the, in the board asking sort of more, then you have the cycle running. It's like a vicious cycle, but it's a positive cycle that, that it actually goes on its own way because they, they are kind of, what you can always rely is selfishness. <laughs> I mean, you can rely that people want more and, and they want more on their business and they want to look better than the next one. So, 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 so I, think, I think you need to get that cycle running. If you don't get that cycle running and you are all the, all the time stuck in, in the discussions that, yeah, is it really creating value or not? 
then then you don't have the cycle running and then you have a problem i think i think that's that's the basic recipe there it, it's like a a good chord on a guitar right or a, or a good plucking it has this this metronome to it and the wheel keeps turning and as soon as the wheel stops the the melody and the rhythm stops so you need to yeah. use that momentum to get to the the, the next level right uh and and this is super interesting because uh when you say for example like, okay this is the exact value that we drew from the data that's not yeah. talking in the language of the daily leader that's talking in the language of exactly. the business leader right so uh with that in mind then what are some of the 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 best uh or what are some of the techniques and the qualities that you've used in the past to leverage this kind of change whether that's um you know specific adjectives you might use to, de to describe like a presentation style whether that's like a good story that you told and some of the hallmarks that you use to get this message across the line to keep that wheel turning yeah i think i mean i think the old principle keep it simple stupid that's the kiss principle i think that's uh it's not only a good band, uh, Kiss, but but it is also also very important principle in management and communication. It always works. So, so you need to you need to make things easier. I mean, you just you, you you say the hype word, yes. You talk about machine learning and AI, but you don't start to explain new about neural networks. I mean, that's not the way to go. I mean, you you will not uh, talk about the uh, uh, the data platforms, and you know you, you will not talk about those kind of things. Except that that if they are something which is kind of I mean if they require that of course uh, then then many times they want to know more details and then you do that but but keep it simple and and make sure that the value is there. I mean it's all about value and I think I think that the reason why we have we have gone pretty far on the data journey is that we have been able to create constant value. We have been able year after year. We have been able to show real results on euros, on customer experience, on on different sort of ways of looking at it, and I think I think I think that's the that's really the the secret of communication. And at the same time, like I said, it, it it is actually the market and sort of the timing and the hype around data and uh, analytics and AI. Now now it's the time to strike. If you don't get that cycle running now, we probably will never get it running. And I, I think uh, now is the best time to start telling the story, be a storyteller, and 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 then then find find sort of the story that 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 suits your your company. And I think actually the story there is extremely important. And it needs to be sort of some something where you start, and then it needs to be something where you sort of end up, and in the middle you create constant value. I mean, I think that's uh, that's that's the story you need to tell. If you cannot tell that story, I think you need to revisit, <laughs> revisit the story. And 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 if you still cannot do that, then I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure if you will get get things done. Mm. It's so true. And you mentioned that the uh, OP you guys have a really good top top down buy in. What mm. is when you and you you bring it back to the story, which I, I really like as well, and and some of the hallmarks of doing that. What role did the skills like communications, influence, persuasion play in terms of getting everybody else on board? So leveraging that top-down relationship. Uh, can you give some examples? Could you be a bit more precise? What do you? Sure. So a lot of what we're talking about ties into soft skills, right? So that's that's yeah. talking about how how you actually send the message of data across. So yeah. I, and I know you had that messaging. 
that was very yeah. top down, right? So you had CEO, yeah. CEO, CFO, yourself, CDO, board in, and you're just cascading that throughout the the business. So I'm just curious as to as to how you went about doing that, and some of the examples of where, uh, for example, to get more buy in from key stakeholders that weren't maybe in the data function or weren't in the the C level. Yeah, well, I, I think um, I think there the lead, lead I see leadership on sort of the three different dimensions. I mean, you need to have one kind of message upwards, and that's like the board. Uh, in my case, you need to sort of adapt that message to your colleagues, so that that's leading sideways and and kind of kind of in 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 that direction. Make sure that the stakeholders and your colleagues they they are on board, and you need a bit different story, obviously, because they need more details. They need to, I mean, on the board level, they don't need that many that many times to understand that how you do it. But but the, the level below that, they, they start to sort of ask questions on how do you do that? And they are interested on how much uh, investment does it cost from their portfolio and so, so on, that kind of things. And, and then, then leading downwards, kind of your own team and, and the, the wider organization on a virtual sense, I mean, then again, you need a bit different uh, story. I mean, for example, if I would start, talk to talk to my organization, they actually want to hear quite a lot of the, uh, about the, the details about the data. I mean, what are we going to do and what to what data, what platforms, what technologies are we going to use? Are we going to use Databricks from now on or, or Snowflake or what are sort of the, the, the technologies there? But the experts, for example, in the business kind of function, they don't want to hear about Snowflake maybe so much. They, they, they want their story to be around the customer. I mean, they have a customer. How can we improve the life of a customer? How can we get more efficiency in sales? How can we get more customers? And that kind of thing. So, so adapting the story on different sort of directions where you lead, I think it, it, is, it is crucial in these kind of functions where you don't have control. I mean, I don't have control over the business functions. I mean, they, they can easily decide not to listen to me. They can easily decide not to listen to everyone, anyone in these kind of centralized functions. They have the power to do that. And I could uh, say to the CEO that, yeah, these guys are not playing with me, but we all understand that that kind of behavior is not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna work if you tell daddy all the time. So, 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 so basically you need to make them understand that they, do, they are doing this for themselves. They are not doing it for me. I'm not the one who is getting the benefit. They are, and, and you need to sort of, I think the key is that you need to tell the story in a way that they can, they can uh, understand that they are doing it for themselves and the benefit of their business. Super interesting. And, and you know, you've done a lot of really great things uh, with OP and in, in your, your, your current role. What do you think are the biggest opportunities moving forward for you guys right now? And also the biggest challenges as well. I think, uh, I think uh, when it comes to utilizing the capabilities of the whole group, I mean, there are limitations where we can, um, there are limitations in, in utilizing the bank data for insurance and insurance data for banking. There is the kind of a Chinese wall in between. And, 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 and sort of understanding that with the permission of the customer, I mean, understanding that how can you actually utilize still both sides of the, the group, the financial group, I think that is, that is very important. So that we, how can we utilize 
utilize the whole group for the benefit of a customer. And that requires some permissions from the customer that we can actually overcome the Chinese wall because we, we cannot do it on our own. So, so th that's, that's one area where there is a lot of potential that if we get so that the customers understand that they should actually put all the financial things into OP, kind of centralize all the financial things, they will get more and more value. They will get more value, of course, in the traditional way that we give a good uh, good sort of uh, uh, offer to you, which is very cheap and, and extremely beneficial. And, and they, then, then they need to see that, okay, if they do that, that's the traditional way. That's the commodity, because everyone says that. Everyone says that if you bring all your business to us, you will get more benefits. Not only that the payments, but bring all the business. And, um, and, and, and I think the value added there is that they need to see the value added services from data. If you're a corporate, you need to see something about your working capital management, for example. If, you, if we can help uh, uh, sort of SME corporate with that, then the, the, the customer will be happy. If you are a private customer, you might want uh, sort of uh, investment help. And you might not be a private banking customer where you get personal help. I mean, uh, if, if you're a wealthy and uh, wealthy individual. But, but, but the thing in retail banking, I think nowadays, is that you should be able to create the feel of personal service, even though you don't actually have a person providing that service all the time. So that is done only through data. I mean, the advice is the alerts, the, the things that you can take from the data. I think that is the, that is the, the th that will determine who will win in the retail banking market. You need to make sure that there is a personalized feel for a service, even though you cannot afford it to have a, a sort of um, dedicated person to serve everyone. But those are at least a couple of things. Yeah. No, super interesting stuff, Samuel. It's been a really, really fun interview and, and hearing more about, you know, what, what you're looking at. A couple more questions. So what role are you currently playing as the CDO at OP Financial? What, what role are you playing in this transformation at the moment, do you think? Facilitator. I mean, I, I am the facilitator of, of this process. And I, I, I don't, in a way, someone say, that, yeah, I own the process. I don't. I'm not sure if in, even if I would own the process, I, but I, I facilitate the process. I think the process is, uh, is is something that we have created jointly with the business areas. And I think uh, the business areas, they, they we have three basic business areas. We have the retail banking, the corporate banking, and the insurance. And they, they all own the process for themselves. And I'm there to help. I'm there to facilitate, to provide competence to... To, to, to enable um, through technologies and different tools and that kind of thing. So data governance and provide data governance help and, and, and so on. So, so we, are, we are there to help. We are there not to do it for them. We, we cannot do it for them. They can only do it for themselves. So what made you fall in love with data analytics? Because you've been working in this space for, for many years now. Uh, yeah. and you do, as I said, you're doing some, some really great and fun stuff so it must be enjoyable for you so so what do you like most about your job i think i think uh like, like i said in the beginning that that oh in op we probably know more about finnish society and the Finns than anyone and i think that is that that it is really it is really something that makes you humble it makes you humble 
And it also makes you kind of greedy because you you kind of start to think that there must be a lot of value in this uh, this this asset, and it kind of in a positive sense makes you, makes you greedy that 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 you need to you need to think about the asset. You need really need to think about it. How can you create value added? Because I think that even though it's maybe not happening right now so much, but it will not be that far in the future when people start to demand they start to demand return on their data and i'm 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 entirely sure about that and when when that when that day happens i want to make sure that op is someone who is already there is already bringing returns on the data so that's one what what kind of keeps me running i want op to be a step ahead of everyone else in in utilizing and 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 doing the best service for the customers through data. Samuel, the final word is yours. What advice would you give for uh, aspiring data leaders? I think I think uh, it depends on on which stage are you. That are you sort of trying to sell the story? Are you already there? Uh, there sort of in 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 providing services and and value. But but I in in general I think that. This is about storytellers, and I, I like that because it is all about storytelling. Being in this kind of role, you cannot have the control to execute everything. I mean, you need to you need to work in a virtual sense. You need to get the acceptance from the business. You need to you need to show the value and make sure that they do it. They understand that they do it for themselves. They don't do it for a chief data officer. They do it for themselves, and when they understand that. They they be in business now. They actually demand more. They want more, and they want constantly more, which is the cycle, the positive cycle. Mm. Keep the world turning. Keep the cycle going. Samali, great to have you yeah. on the show, and uh, hopefully we have some more stories from you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure.